Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. All right, so why do we need to change the uh, the way these FOIP requests work? So let's uh, get the, the city's perspective, or at least one city councilor. Ward 13's Diane Collier-Carr joins us uh, on the line. Hi there, Diane. Good afternoon. Okay, so I, I think the perspective that, that Michael Platt laid out was basically, if it's not broke, don't fix it. It was basically, I, I think, his argument, his concern about the impact on, on how the media works. But why do we need to fix the system? What's wrong with the system as you see it? Well, I, I do think the system is broken in a way, from my perspective. It, uh, um, to me, what it points out is that... Uh, that we need to do a lot, we need to do a much better job at uh, making information available. Um, so I sort of view FOIP as a as a last resort in a way. Like if 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 the media or the public are looking for information uh, and it's you know and it's not sensitive in the sense that it's not a personnel matter or a, a, a land matter, for example that that information should be readily available. And, and in times that we're in, where in this kind of digital world that we live in, people need information in a real timely basis. And so um, what it says to me when FOIP requests keep going up and up uh, is that people are not getting information that they need um, through regular means. So so that's the first point I'd like to make, is that we, we need to, whether we move to open source data, uh, but, but this is a lot, the vast majority of, what, of information that we have is, it should be public information, and we need to do better. Okay, well, and, and yeah, I think people would probably agree with that point. I guess it's the question of how we do it then. So if the city wants to proactively make information available, that's one thing. But I think what we're talking about here is that information would only become available after somebody files a FOIP request. Yeah, well, that's the, that's part of the problem. I mean, what generated this whole, I believe, excellent conversation we're having on this on Twitter and on your program um, was sort of the simultaneous uh, disclosure of information. And, uh, and uh, you know, the, the downside of that that I've heard from the media is that, you know, if we're doing an investigative story um, and we're asking for, for a lot of information here in order to produce that story and we want exclusivity around it, uh, we don't want you releasing that information that we've asked for personally at the same time to the public and to other media. Um, so, so, so that's the issue. Now, I would argue on the other side of that, that to me, that's full transparency, that, that if Michael Platt is, is, is foiping a certain issue that when, when they do get it all together, and that's the other point I'd make, it takes far too long with a FOIP request. Uh, it goes through iterations and iterations. And then, you know, uh, there's time sensitivity to all this stuff. Um, that uh, I would argue that, you know, why not, from a full transparency perspective, release it to everybody simultaneously? Well, doesn't that sabotage the work that that journalist is doing? 
Well, that's that's the argument. So how how do you balance that off? So what I suggested this morning uh, uh, on Twitter was, you know, rather than this report, which is coming back in the new year with city administration researching, you know, the the risks of simultaneous disclosure, uh, rather than it just coming back to council, I really believe it needs to go to a standing policy committee so people can come forward and we can, you know, continue on with that debate and, and have submissions made on this because this is this is really, really important. Well, yeah, it is, absolutely. So you think that there's some some room to, to maneuver on this, that, that maybe doesn't have to be simultaneous disclosure? Yeah, I... It, the discussion that we've had in the last, you know, 48 hours since this uh, was uh, brought forward in council on Monday, um, it really is a bigger issue now than just simultaneous disclosure. It gets into the whole, the whole disclosure of information period, and and why is it so difficult to get information out of city hall, uh, and why do we have to go the route of paying a lot of money both on both sides, those that apply, and and then internally to produce this information when it should be readily available. So okay, to me... But, it, but it, what are we changing, though? That, that's what I... When I look at this change, it seems that everything's going to be the same. It's just going to be, instead of sending the information to one person, we're just going to make it available to everybody. It doesn't speed yeah. up the process in any way, does it? No, it doesn't. No. That's why it's... It's, you know, as the discussion evolves here, it, it's really looking at it from a very, very narrow perspective. Now, to give full credit to Jeff Fielding, since he's arrived two years ago, we're much better at this, uh, but um, I, I think that we're looking at this way from a, from from far too narrow of a perspective, in my view. Now that I hear the input that people are are, are giving us. Okay, so are you saying you, you've changed your view on this as a result no. of what you've been hearing? No, no, um, uh, but it's really broadened the discussion. I. Uh, uh, and I think that we need to hear from a lot more people. We can't just have this report now coming back to council and we make a decision on a policy that's going to have significant impact on people. So, um, so um, I, you know, I as I hear from certainly uh, the media um, that they they want exclusivity when they when they make a FOIP request and it's an investigative um, exercise they're undertaking. They want exclusivity on this, and they don't want full transparency, and they don't want it disclosed to everyone at the same time because they've done a lot of work on the file. And I think we need to consider that in all fairness. Well, certainly. It's, it's, not just, it's not just exclusivity. It's also being able to finish the job uh, and, and the need for secrecy around that. Uh, if you're investigating something, you you know full well that just you know that what comes back in the FOIP request is not the final word on the matter. That there's going to be a need to investigate further or to confirm certain aspects of whatever the story is, and the FOIP request might just be a piece of yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, I I agree, Rob. I agree with that. Uh, but I guess I would back up further and say, you know, if we had been a lot more transparent and open at the front end with people being able to get the sort of information they need to get answers it may not have to always go the route of FOIP to finally get it and then when you do get it from what i've understood from people that have gone down this route a lot of it's uh a lot of it's blacked out and they don't get the information they need and and for all kinds of reasons right so it's a complicated 
Well, it is, but I mean, it's not as you simple just, as just. But we're not changing the front door. relating to <laughs> Okay, fair enough. But as you said, we're we're not changing the front door, as it were. We're not really changing anything, other than what's done with this information, specific to a request. Come again? <laughs> you said <laughs> you, you just said we got to change the front door. We got to change uh, how end. this information. The, the front, front end, end. but we're not yeah. changing the front end. This is just changing no, I, the back end. As it relates to FOIP, is that your point? Yeah. Yeah. No, so what I was trying to say there was um, we got to do a better job at the front end with being more open and transparent with uh, with either open data and sharing information at the front end, not going right. through the okay. FOIP process. No, I get what you're saying, but my, okay. my point is that we're not doing that. Agreed. The, it, so. I agree. I agree. Okay, so if you think that needs to be improved, why not propose something that would improve that? That is a very good point, and that's needed. That is absolutely needed, because it's not just about FOIP anymore. It's about improving the front end and having uh, more timely uh, access to information and being more transparent throughout the whole thing. And that's that's why we need a more fulsome discussion on this. Absolutely. Okay, so and we're moving uh, with with business analytics with the city with city administration. We're certainly moving more and more to open source data and sharing more of that. Um, and I think we've started on that journey probably six months ago when I look at what the city's presented to us. Uh, but we've got a long way to go. We've got a long way to go. Well, look, I'm I'm all for making more information available so that people don't have to file FOIA requests in the first place. Uh, it seems that maybe that would be a logical starting point then. Right. That's what I've, that's what okay. I've been but saying the, but here. That, but that's not what we're doing. With this particular report, it was only about simultaneous disclosure of FOIA. Right. And so I'm not sure what we're accomplishing by doing that. I think that's my point here. That's my concern. I, that's right. And that's what's evolved, in my view, with the debate that we've had on this since this came to council. Absolutely. It's... It's piecemealing the whole thing, and I think that uh, when I when I look at uh, you know the mayor's view on this as well, that uh, we really need to we need to approach this in a more fulsome way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. I, well, and, and I hope you do. I hope you do, Diane. But while we still have you in the line, I, do I will wanna... make that commitment. Absolutely. <laughs> Please do. Okay, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, we have this poll today, Main Street Research, uh, and it concerns how Calgarians view the Calgary Police Service. 39% approval compared to 48% disapproval. I know you're a member of the police commission. I think the police commission yeah. met last night, but I don't know. What, what do you make of this? What, what's the problem here, do you think? Well, uh, yeah, so um, the commission uh, for the last nine years has hired a company called Illumina to to to, to consult on the, um, on the impressions that the public and our citizens have around policing in the city. We were presented that report last night in camera, which was unfortunate because we didn't know this other one was coming out today. And uh, the plan was that that one will be released um, in a week or so, which doesn't seem all that timely now. Um, so I can't talk about what was what was brought forward in camera, but I do have a copy of the Main Street um, polling that was done, and I must say that it's uh, concerning. Um, when I look at the type of questions that were asked in this poll by Main Street, um, they're very good questions. They really drill down into um, 
um, I think probably more detail than than the questions that were asked uh, by the commission's um, company. So I think there are a few things here. Um, uh, we need to meet with our polling company um, just as commission. Uh, we didn't do that last night because everybody was there. And then I would like, um, I think, to uh, to have Main Street come in and, and talk to us about um, the results of their poll as well. But these are concerning numbers. Uh, when you see a 48% disapproval of the Calgary Police Service, it, it concerns me. Um, I, I know that, you know, the, that we have sort of under-resourced the police service for a while and the chief has had to do a redeployment internally to spread the resources. I'm worried that we're spread a mile wide and an inch deep with, with uh, resourcing um, on, on this. So um, I, um, I think the commission has a responsibility now to engage further with the community and uh, and certainly understanding full well that issues relating to policing in North America have an impact on our Calgary Police Service that has had a stellar reputation uh, with all of our officers. So we don't want any of this erosion uh, happening. Um, when I look at the results again, when you see uh, that people are not sure, those numbers are going up, not mm-hmm. sure, um, you know, 23%, not sure, um, that means people are uncertain about the question. That that concerns me as well. So we'll need to work very closely with uh, with the chief and his executive on getting to the bottom of a lot of this. Do you think part of it is that the chief still needs to introduce himself to Calgarians? Obviously, uh, you know, he had some big shoes to fill, and everybody knew Rick Hansen, had a lot of respect for Rick Hansen. Mm-hmm. Do you think part of it is that we've got a new chief and Calgarians are still not familiar with him or not as familiar with with his approach and and that that's going to take some time you think that factors in yeah and i would ask people to uh you know to give the chief time um he uh we've had a lot of um significant incidents that have happened in the city uh over the last eight months and certainly when polling is done during periods of time like that uh people take a special interest in what's going on and and how officers are conducting themselves whether it's with the use of force or, or whatever. So um, I, I, uh, we need this chief to be successful. Um, and um, and uh, not every chief is the same, and they don't communicate in the same way. But uh, um, I, can, I can tell you that uh, I, can't, I can't talk specifically about what was discussed in camera last night, but I know that the chief is sincere in uh, wanting to address uh, and be forthright and uh, and to share uh, uh, his mutual concerns uh, about what we're see- seeing in these polling numbers. So, um, I you know I want I want Calgarians to give this chief a chance and to get to know him and um, and uh, I think he's committed to do that. All right, Diane Collier Cart, thanks so much for making some time for us here today. Really do appreciate Thank this. Thank you. Take All right, care. take care. You too. There you go, Big Red. Big Red YYC on Twitter, Diane Colley-Urquhart, Ward 13 City Councilor. So uh, there was something interesting she she mentioned there. I don't wonder if there's anything to that. Do people watch the news and see stories about, you know, the Sammy Yatim shooting in, in Toronto or, you know, what's happening in Charlotte, North Carolina or what happened in, in Ferguson or any of these other places? And does it change their perception of police in general? And then they're more likely to to express disapproval for the Calgary Police Service. I, it's possible. I like to think people are more nuanced than that, but 
I wonder if that's a factor. Anyway, let's take a break here. We'll come back some more time for, for your thoughts. 974-8255. Stay with us. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.